is the Jose Show. Jose Show. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Jose Show. I am your host, Jose Roldan Jr. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest. I've been watching him on BattleBots, and he has an awesome bot that's it kicks butt. And I'd like to introduce to everybody Ray Billings. How are you doing, Ray? I'm good. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's uh feels pretty good here in Florida. It's a little chilly, but uh, uh, not too bad. Uh, how's it uh, there in California? I, I imagine Florida chili is a little, you know, you, you're not quite sweating. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're like 40 degrees here right now. Yeah. I think it's around uh, 60 or so degrees, but <laughs> I normally wear uh, shorts pretty much all the time. And uh, uh, that's, that's the way Florida is. Now this year it's been actually, well, January and like October to November, December, it's actually been pretty cold for, for this area. So I've actually had to wear jackets and stuff like that, believe it or not, but I still wear shorts. It's weird. <laughs> so um, I've been watching, uh, actually, I started watching BattleBots when it first came on in 2015 on ABC. Mm-hmm. And now I, I think I remember watching it when it was on in the 2000s or actually 2000 on Comedy Central. But um, I think I only watched a few episodes. So I, that's a long time ago. So I'm not sure how many I watched. Um, but uh, I started watching it. Uh, like I said, in 2015, then I lost interest and I kind of did my whole uh, way of thinking on, on how I uh, watch TVs now, TV shows. And I'm kind of going back to uh, Discovery Channel and all those different channels to watch something to me, I think is a little bit more wholesome because some of the shows on TV ain't worth crap. And, a lot uh, of it, yeah. So it was kind of hard to find um, the full episodes of the seasons one and two of BattleBot. So I had to go to YouTube and um, ABC actually has seasons one and two, just the fight itself, not the, the talk from the two announcers and, and stuff like that. And uh, so I watched a, a lot of episodes. Actually, I've watched all of season one, two, three, and I'm currently on four. And then I watched a little bit of the, the newer season, uh, season five. And I must say, Ray, you have a very kick butt bot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a really fun hobby. We've had a lot of fun with it. And you know, uh, I was on BattleBots when it was way back on Comedy Central, so I, I was involved that long. Uh, in the inter- intervening years between when it was dropped from Comedy Central and then brought back on on ABC, there were still a mm-hmm. lot of events that went on that just weren't televised. And so I had a lot of years of honing my design and really getting it top-notch before the, it came back on ABC. See, that's weird because, um, you know, I only thought that the BattleBots was just on TV. I didn't realize that there's competitions going on, not only in the United States, but also in other countries. I didn't oh, realize wow. that. So obviously I can't watch every one of your matches because they're not televised and unless somebody records them. Um, wow, so you've been you've been doing this for quite a long time now. Where did you get your degree years. from? Uh, yeah, this is this is kind of funny because I, I get asked this a lot. Well, where'd you, where'd you go to school and whatnot? Um, I don't have a degree. Um, so, uh, you know, I've taken some college classes at junior college, you know, community colleges, just because I find something interesting. So uh-huh. I've taken some CAD classes and things like that because it helped me in what I was doing, but I actually don't have a degree. I, I had to basically join the workforce as soon as I got out of high school and that's just where I've been. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, hey, you're a smart guy. I mean, building a robot is a, uh, that's extremely crazy. And man, you have the knowledge now. Um, 
at what point did you decide that, hey, I'm going to start building a, a robot for battle or or just a robot in general? Because I've seen that one, you had the great pumpkin. That looked actually <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we've actually built a couple of hundred different versions of combat robots and competed. I, you know, I've got over a thousand combat matches myself. So we've been at this wow. a long time. Um, so when I first started uh, in one of my many careers throughout my life, um, mm -hmm. I actually taught uh, computer networking at a trade school at a tech college. Okay. And my boss at the time, the department head was a big fan of the show on comedy central. And so he would, he would tape the show uh, and he'd bring his VHS tapes into work and we'd sit there and we'd watch them <laughs> between classes and whatnot. Oh, that's cool. And, and so I had a, I had a lot of fabrication background, uh, you know, cut and welding, grinding. Um, he was an electronic guru. So between the two of us, we thought we'd, had enough skill set to build something together and go forward. Um, awesome. As it turned out, shortly after that, he ended up taking a job somewhere else and life took him in different directions. So that's where the bug got started. And then it just sort of morphed into this father-son project between me and my son, Justin. Oh, that's good. That's, it's always good when you can bring your, uh, your mm -hmm. son or, or a daughter, whoever, you know, whatever you do that uh, you can kind of make it a family ordeal. Now, I was noticing on your website, uh, Hardcore Robotics, um, you have Suitcase Nuke, Mortician, Corner, Last Rites, of course, The Great Pumpkin, Tombstone, and Swamp Thing. Man, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. And to me, it looks like the majority of them, with the exception of Swamp Thing, they're almost the same type of bot, the bot like a square with the, <clears throat> the horizontal spinner. Um, it, I think it is a design that scales well, so it works good throughout many different weight categories. And so, you know, it's a design that I've worked a lot of bugs out of. And so some of the same problems you might encounter at a heavyweight, well, they're going to be similar problems you're going to encounter at a lightweight. It's just the, the nature of it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly been a design I'm known for. And that's where my greatest success and fame, if you want to call it that, come from. Well, I uh, now one of the things I, I quite don't understand because I didn't really look at the rules um, when I see them match up some of the bots, some of the bots just to me uh, take the four horsemen. They got those little itty bitty bots mm -hmm. matching it up, say, with somebody like you. I mean, to me, that almost doesn't seem fair. So how do they match up a bot with a, a, the, the next bot that they're going to, you know, fight? Um, OK, so for for non-televised events, it, it usually is just a random selection of how they throw things together. And then they just you march forward in the tree for a televised set up they don't even pretend to be random they're, they're doing this based on what they think is going to make for good tv so um so and they kind of do the best of both worlds so right now they do what they call fight night fights so they've got three or four fights you do before the tournament starts and those are there's nothing random about that they put you up against people they think the fight is going to be exciting and make for good tv from there they take your win-loss record and how hard your opponents were to figure out who is actually in the tournament tree mm -hmm. and then that single elimination going forward and that is just if you win you go forward if you lose you you're out so it's kind of a combination between both some of it is is you know the serious competition to get to the finals to win but the the, the fight night fights you know they're just picking matchups they think are gonna play well for television and so they try to pick opponents that they try not to give you ones that you're just going to dominate and there's no excitement to it. They, they try to make them 
exciting in that regard. So if you're a really good robot, you're only going to fight other really good robots. If you're that makes sense. If you're there and you're kind of a, a newbie or you just got a crappy robot, you're going to fight some of the other ones. It's like huh. it, 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 they, they, robot. Yeah, well, and yeah, I'll be the first to admit, you know, some of the robots I built were crappy. When I first started out, that's how this is. You don't necessarily, at your first event, you're not going to show up and go, I'm going home with a giant nut. That's not going to yeah. happen. You, you, you know, I mean, you know, you, you get a bunch of high school football players and go, we're going to go join the NFL and, you know, yeah. super, it doesn't work that way. So, um, yeah, they, they're doing it based on television. I mean, you still got to make this exciting enough to keep the show going forward. That makes sense because, uh, you know, if it's kind of boring, ain't nobody going to want to watch it. Your rating is going to go down, then boom, you're canceled. <laughs> so yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense. Now, um, now this question, you don't have to answer, but if you want to, that's pretty cool. Um, over the course of uh, the, that, when you started building the bots, how much money have you actually spent? Or can you just give us a ballpark? Pick? Oh, my God. Um, there's a quarter million dollars in tools in my garage. Um, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an expensive hobby. Okay. Um, to show up with say tombstone uh -huh. at a BattleBots event with enough spare parts to run through the event is 20 grand, 25 grand. Wow. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not on the high end as far as expenses go. You look at some of the other machines that are there and, you know, the, it's, it's astronomical how much you can spend. And that's with me doing all of the CNC work and whatnot myself. If you've got a great design and you're outsourcing all that machining, uh -huh. those costs, they, those costs skyrocket. That makes sense. I know like uh chomp when they redesigned it and it looks like a mini tank with a turret and, and it's mm -hmm. walking. I, I, I cannot imagine how much that thing costs to build and to maintain. Uh, it, it's a it's a engineering marvel. It's a beautiful looking machine. Um, the the entire team engineering design is what they do. This is their you know their their their, their forte. What what they're known for, and wow. so they're they're making all the parts themselves in house. And so they design all of this crazy stuff because they have the ability to make all of that crazy stuff. That's cool. If they were to design it all, put it all on paper and just send it to a machine shop and say, go here and make these parts. I, I wouldn't even want to think how big the check would be to write to pay for all of that. Cause it's expensive enough with them doing all the work themselves, you know? Oh man, that, that is just crazy. I mean, I, I thought collecting autographs was an expensive hobby that I used to do years ago. And, uh, I, I definitely would not be able to afford to do. I would just have to buy a regular robot and put it in the arena and let it fight. And of course it would get destroyed, but, uh, Oh, well, the thing is, you can do this on more of a budget. You're not going to win the giant nut. You're not going to go home as yeah. a champion. But you can still go and win matches on a budget um, if you're good at scrounging. So, you know, a lot of the like, you know, a lot of the material I use is, you know, I'm going to use chromoly steel for the frame, titanium for the armor. Mm -hmm. The material itself is expensive. Wow. But but you can find hunks of steel for free. Okay. The first robot I built way back when was made out of a bed frame. Okay. Amazing. So, because it's just pieces of steel that I could yeah. use to weld, weld together. So, if you can scrounge material, you can save your costs a lot in that regard. And if you can sort of weld it together in the shape of what, that you're after, 
well, then you you can build the the structure of the robot relatively cheaply. You can't get you can't cheap out on the electronics. That's going to cost you money. But the rest of it, you can do quite a bit cheaply. That makes sense. I know living here in Lakeland, Florida, um, you can pick up scrap metal pretty much every week because uh, yep. in this county, you know, you're allowed to set out your junk. Um, what it could be a refrigerator, it could be anything mm-hmm. in the front yard, and within about a week, the city or the county comes and picks it up. So I've seen refrigerators, bikes, lawnmowers, you name it. So, man, you could build a battle bot out of junk because there was one person that actually, I can't remember, built his battle bot basically out of junk. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, it, it happens. I, I, wow. More so probably at the non-televised events. You got to go there. Sometimes you can find people who have scrounged all sort of things to, to make a robot. And there's nothing wrong with that. That'd be in using parts you found or you have on hand and working them into what you want to do. That's one of the key parts of the sport to be able to get going, get started and make things. Wow. That's amazing. So now let me ask you this. Um, Every time that you go to a a tournament, whether it's on BattleBots or, you know, some other tournament that you go to Mm -hmm. throughout the year, how many spare parts do you take like spinners, chains, uh, belts, tires? Uh, A lot. Um, And the depth of your spare parts plays a huge part in whether or not you can run deep into the rounds and actually win the event. So to, to go to BattleBots, um, last few years, we've taken three frames. So we had three tombstones. Oh, wow. Five or six weapon motors, 15 or 20 drive motors, and at least that many in wheels. Oh, um, my God. Four or five sets of of batteries, um, the entire electronic package, speed controllers, receiver, all of the other stuff that's in there. We've got that three, four, five times over. Um, I think I took 10 different weapon bars last time. Wow. Wow. We're going to go to a quick break. Uh, We're talking with uh, Ray Billings from BattleBots and his bot is Tombstone. This is the Jose, Jose Show. We'll be right back. In case you didn't know, The Jose Show is now on the radio at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Monday on Turfs Up Radio. That's TurfsUpRadio.com. Welcome back to The Jose Show. We're currently interviewing Ray Billings, who owns the bot Tombstone. And you can see him on Discovery Channel. BattleBots is the show. It's an awesome show. Welcome back, Ray. (laughs) Yeah, glad to be back. I love doing those little commercials. Uh, Wow, that's amazing. Now... Um, I was listening to you the other day on YouTube. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, the was, I, was I charming? <laughs> no, it, it was a red square, blue square with uh, Ricky and Richard. And uh, I didn't know that show existed. So I was listening to that the other day. And uh, you seem to be a nice guy on there. And he said something that I guess, and I've heard it too. They consider you the villain. I don't think you're the villain. I just think you're an awesome dude that likes to kick butt. Um, okay, so so this started more in season one and two back on ABC. Um, so TV thinks that there needs to be somebody to root against. Okay, yeah, uh, so this is this is part of their formula to make a, a television show that people are engaged with, and that's what you want. You want your audience to be engaged with the show. And this guy can't just be a dick it's not you can't just have somebody that you, nobody dislikes he's got to actually have the ability to win the event it's got to be a, a serious competitor mm-hmm. and they have to have the personality to pull it off and you know i love my fellow competitors these are the the greatest people on the planet hands down i love my fellow competitors that's good 
But if you shove a camera in most of their face, immediately they lock up and they don't say much because <laughs> these these are robot builders. They're not they're not TV stars, right? Yeah. And I've been around this stuff long enough. I just don't care. Whatever it is you want me to say, fine, I'll say it. It's not a problem. So <laughs> I, 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 I was voted the guy to do it. It was obvious when they started filming that there was an agenda. It's obvious what the agenda was. And it's like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I, was, I was the bad guy. Um, and, you know, to a degree, I still am because I'm still the robot that people don't necessarily want to fight. I mean, I'm going to do some damage to whoever I fight. Even if I lose the match, I'm going to mangle them in the process. Ain't nothing wrong so, with that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the persona is still there. And, you know, in general, yes, I'm a really nice guy, but that doesn't change the fact that I've sort of enjoyed being the bad guy for the show, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I know if I was fighting against you, uh, man, I would be scared to death because I was watching, uh, let's see, it was a 2015 I did a lot of homework last night. I was watching as much videos as I can. Um, I, I was so tired that, uh, you know, God forgive me, I was in church and I was kind of sleeping a little bit. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, no, but I was watching uh, Tombstone versus Bronco 2015. And man, you know, Bronco, I love that flipper. I, you know, like, bam, bam. You kicked the snot out of that, uh, that bot. I mean, good Lord. They're, they're a tough team. It's a really well-built, well-designed robot. It, it's actually kind of funny. Okay, so people don't, they don't understand how much power is being unleashed in the arena. I mean, it's, th these things are big. They, they're, they're mean, right? Well, from the hits, over time, Tombstone gets shorter. The, the actual steel frame compresses. Mm -hmm. Bronco's the other way. They've got that pneumatic ram in there that's pushing forward. It actually stretches it, and the robot ends up a half inch longer at the end of the event than oh my it started goodness. out. <laughs> that that is just that is crazy. Now, um, what bot do you fear the most? I mean, to me, I think you're the most feared bot. But do you have a particular bot that kind of scares you? Not not particularly. Um, so you know, the thing is, if you go to an event and go, okay, I'm ready to fight all these robots except for this one right here. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's the one they're going to give you. Okay. So you've got to be ready to fight everything that's there. And so are there some robots that because of their design are rougher for me to beat? Them? Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. any of those really fast, like four-wheel drive verts, they're really hard to get a hold of. But that doesn't mean I'm afraid of that or that I, yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I, I understand the challenge when they give me one of those. So if I'm fighting Witch Doctor, if I'm fighting you know, bite force or something like that. I know I'm in for a rough match just because the way the two robots are designed, that's going to be a tough match for me. Now, what about Chomp? I mean, have you have you battled Chomp yet, the newer designed? I, I have not. I have not. Um, and be honest, I'm not sure how I'd go about that. Um, you know, it's it's 500 pounds. It's double the weight. <laughs> so um, I, I there's things there that, that would make it very difficult for me to, to deal with. Um, the upside is that the armor band they got around it is mm -hmm. in 90 degrees from the floor. It's straight up and down. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case and I can actually catch it and deliver all of my energy into them, I'm not going to glance off or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, that's bad news for them. I know it shock mounted and whatnot. I don't, I don't care. I think that, that I don't think that was going to help them in that regard. So 
you know, the, the, it's no joke the way that hammer swings and clobbers. It's, it's, a, it's a handful. I, and I don't have a great deal of armor up top, so it, it would be a challenge. It would actually probably go through you. And they turn that turret so fast, it's kind of hard to sneak up on it. I mean, it's like, bam, bam, you know. It, it's wow. really hard to sneak up on any robot, but one that can turn its weapon to face you. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost impossible. Now, one thing I thought that was impressive, uh, you were, you're mentoring 11-year-old Tyler and his bot, Perfect Phoenix. Dude, that kid has got it going on. I mean, I can just tell by listening to him when he was talking, he is smart. I mean, that kid, I mean, I wish I was his smart at his age. Um, he, don't, don't put the at his age thing. He's one of the smartest people I know. Um, so he, he's in Mensa. Okay. He's, he's a legitimate genius. You know, he's, he's a very smart kid. Um, and I, I'm kind of doing a little more than mentoring the robots in my garage. <laughs> I guess so, you know, uh, so, so me and his mom have been dating for the last four years. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, so that, that's kind of where, you know, his connection to me started, but he's a, he's a great kid. He's a really dominant driver. So, um, you know, um, we've talked about the off TV events. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of the most common types of events is what they call insect events. So one pound, three pounds. So that's called the ant weight and the beetle weight class. That's where they call them insect events. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and because the arenas are very small, they can have those everywhere. So there's insect events all the time. Well, pre pandemic anyway. And he had a three pound robot and I think it was two years two and a half years mm-hmm. he went to an event every other weekend all year long and never lost okay? wow um he, he's just an, an unbelievably dominant driver okay that's cool now translating those skills to heavyweights is another story it, it's it's a different his level of competition went up and it's impossible to make heavyweights respond as fast as the insects do so it's to him, everything seems slow and sluggish because he can't quite get it to turn the way he wants. Mm-hmm. You give him a couple of years to get some practice with the bigger robots, and he'll definitely be a force in the class. Now, will he eventually battle you? Will that happen? Um, I, I, I would almost guarantee it. It's too good of a story for TV to pass up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in that regard, I, at some point in time, certainly that's going to happen. It, it, you know, it's we'll see what what the future brings us. (laughs) Stay tuned for next week as you will hear the conclusion of my interview with Ray Billings from the TV show BattleBots. He owns the bot by the name of Tombstone. Tombstone can be seen on BattleBots on the Discovery Channel. Check your local listings for times. Thanks for listening to The Jose Show. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And see you next time on The Jose Show.